What's up, honey? I'm Sadi Simone. For years, I was looking for a spiritual sanctuary, but never felt like I fit into the wellness space. I was so turned off by the idea that I had to fit into what spirituality should look like or should sound like, I carved out a niche of my own. By embracing my spiritual sassy nature, I became an embodied permission slip to allow others to do the same. Spiritually sass is owning where you fall on the many spectrums of life, living in the complex gray areas between normal and nonconformist. Whether you identify as plain vanilla or sparkly rainbow gelato, my community welcomes and celebrates you in all your delicious potential. This podcast is for people longing for an avant-garde awakening. On the Spiritually Sassy Show, we're going to explore and celebrate what it means to show up in your full power, feeling fabulous, looking fabulous, and making a fabulous impact together. One guest at a time, we're revolutionizing and redefining what it means to be spiritual in today's modern world. This episode is brought to you by the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. As I graduate myself, the health coaching certification has been a huge ally for me to be where I'm at today. Are you curious to learn more or thinking of kicking off a new chapter in your career? Head over to the show notes and click the link to get a delicious, massive discount of $2,000 off of your tuition when you pay in full or $1,500 off if you use a payment plan. And my love, don't forget, you have to use my name as a referral to get this epic discount. And just in case you forgot, my name is Sa De Simone. Hello, my loves, and welcome to a new episode of the Spiritually Sassy Show. Today's episode is with Luke Simon. Luke is drawn to the mysterious beauty of life like the new Mexican sky where he grew up. In college, he began practicing yoga and meditation. Later, he found Reiki and breath work through Lisa Levine and helped her start the Maha Rose Center for Healing in Brooklyn. He lives upstate New York, and Luke is the best-selling author of Venus Juice, When I Tried to Live in L.A. His work has been featured in the New York Times and VanityFair.com. Hello, my loves, and welcome to a new episode of the Spiritually Sassy Show. I'm here today with a dear friend of mine, Luke Simon. I cannot wait to share all his wisdom with you. Luke, hi, honey. Hey, it's so nice to be here with you, Saw. Yes, so honored. Thank you for making the time. Oh my gosh, I always, always, always. We just ran into each other last week when I missed my flight. That's right. And then I came to eat masala doses with you and Harshida. Oh, that was so sweet. I've missed you, honey. Yeah, it was so nice to see you. And it's great to see you now. And thank you for hosting this podcast. Yeah, of course. Such a pleasure. And, and the audience is going to fully gag with you. So first question <laughs> I ask everybody is, who okay. are you right now? Who are you right now? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. Well... I'm a little tired. I physically, not tired, but I'm feeling like super physically worked out from my garden. I'm working in this garden upstate, Mm -hmm. helping this gardener. So I'm feeling super in 
my life in the Hudson Valley and it's like sunny, it's the end of summer and I'm just like eating it up. I feel really embodied and I feel worked out in a really good way. I went swimming in a lake. Um, so just feeling really nourished and connected to this neighborhood, this this land. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ah, love that. So guys, for more context, Luke with Lisa Levine are the people who actually gave me my first ever teaching opportunity. Oh my God. At Maha Rose. I can't believe that we were the first because you're like, it was just so obvious from the get go. And I was, I remember like meeting Luke and Lisa and fully gagging and being so nervous because I was like meeting these icons and I'm like, oh my God, you guys, this is like, you want me to teach? You want me to teach here? You, re- mm. Oh my God, yes. And and then it just kind of like all happened. Um, how, how the fuck did you like got into this healing, wellness, well-being thing? You know, I know that you started meditating and, and practicing yoga in college. So that's like... Yeah before you're like 21 years old. Yeah. Um, honestly, <sighs> depression and anxiety. Like, <laughs> I hate to say it, but like, <laughs> it actually wasn't that magical how I got started in spirituality. Like, I just, I was suffering. Mm-hmm. I was seriously suffering. And mm-hmm. I think that that's actually how a lot of people get into this work. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. to really like honor that and honor the wound and honor honor that way in that we we're seeking relief and we're mm-hmm. seeking understanding and um I was living in New York and I was just feeling really energetically overwhelmed and uh scattered and like lost and just all the things and then as I started doing yoga and, and meditation I started regaining this clarity and peace that I hadn't felt in a long time. And, and so that's just been my, my medicine that I, I self self heal try to give myself those, those tools that help me to like navigate. How did the depression and anxiety show what, like what was the texture like at that time? Did it, did the depression get, Clinical, suicidal, like how were, would, do you mind opening the door first? Yeah. And was that anxiety crippling and did it lead to addiction? Yeah. So I think at that time in, in the beginning, it was just really loud. Like it was really getting my attention and it was super physical. Like I felt heavy, like in my body, like I felt like I felt like I would sleep a lot or I would just like, it was hard for me to do things. It was hard for me to be creative. Um, I would get just really overwhelmed, like overthinking and like consumed by thought. And yeah, just like overwhelmed. Like, you know, someone like asked me to go to dinner and I'm like, I don't know if I can go. Like I have too, like, I'm like really stressing out about this thing that's going on in my mind. And like, mm-hmm. I don't, I can't actually like physically do something in the physical world because I'm like so in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that in a in a messed up way, as I got deeper into my healing journey, it kind of got worse. Mm-hmm. And like even now still, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm like, I'm still slaying the dragon. Like I'm mm-hmm. still going into it, but now I have mm-hmm. the tools that I can mm-hmm. like go into the deep end and I can handle it. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, this this thought or this reaction is really is really overwhelming and it's making me feel like I want to completely dissociate or that I want to like numb out. Um, and But now it's like those things are met by the equal amount of consciousness that I have and mm. this experience I have of knowing myself and my like where I try to go and like my habits. And it's like, oh, here I am like trying to cover this up with like, you know, these old, you know, maybe if I get these shoes, like my life will be better or like mm-hmm. whatever the story is, you know? Mm-hmm. What was like a big moment of like a, a moment of miracle that you've had? Cause you've been practicing, God, you're 35 and you started before like when you're like 20, maybe even younger. So this Mm -hmm. is like 15 years of practice. This is incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, What was like a moment that you feel like a miracle was like that, that happened in your mind, like a big change of perspective, a big eye opening experience. Like for me, it was learn. It was like the nectar of forgiveness. It was like Mm. recognize, understanding about forgiveness and learning to forgive and then was recognizing that we're all innately good at the base of our being. Like, it doesn't matter what kind of things we've done. doesn't matter what, what kind of things were done to us slash for us. Um, at the base of our being, we're all equally good. And that these two were sort of like huge, like catastrophic miracles that took place in my life that kind of pivoted everything for me, you know? Can you point to a, a a moment of miracle? I love that question. There's something in that in the book I just wrote. And Venus juice, honey. Venus yeah, juice. Yeah. So and it, it's about when I lived in LA. And during that time, I was so lost and I was so overwhelmed in in moments of trying to figure out what am I supposed to do with my life and how can I be creative and how can I make a living and how can I be a healer and am I supposed to do this or do that? And then something happened where I was like, oh, this all is the content. Like this is the story. And like there's something to just sharing this. Like I don't have to have all the answers. It's okay to just like have this experience and be okay with the the questions that come up and the mysteries. And I think so much of spirituality for me is accepting these mysteries Mm -hmm. and that it it doesn't have to be about um, like the results and like, okay, well, this is, you know, when I manifested like this thing and then I manifested this thing and then I manifested this thing. It's like, it was tricky because I manifested these like lessons. So it's like, I did get what I wanted <laughs> oh I my did god! Manifest. I love where you're going. I manifested these lessons. Wow, that's far out. Like it's like I got what I needed to have the experience to grow and to sort of accept that it's not about getting exactly what you want, but about getting okay with the mystery and the unfolding, and that that in itself became like this story, and that 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 turning that into a story and being like, oh, I'm actually going to write a book about my experiences gave it meaning that I had been looking for. 
That's so, wild. Mm. Mm. And, and then it turned it in from, from being this period of my life where I was like, what did I just do with like two years of my life? That was such a failure. Mm. It turned it into, oh my God, this is actually kind of funny and ridiculous. And like things just spiraled. I just went on this crazy like adventure mm-hmm. and I didn't get anything concrete out of it, but I got an experience and that is a story. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I love this so much. I'm in the process of writing um, a new book right now and hey. just going through the stories of my early twenties and feeling like, Oh fuck, you know, like feeling overwhelmed by it and like literally like uh, a rush of like guilt and shame and despair and confusion. And then my boyfriend was reading the 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 new um, the, the finished book proposal that we're about to turn into my agent. And he's hearing some of these new stories, some of these stories from my past for the first time, you know. Um, so tell me about the process of like writing about these stories yeah. that were, as they were happening at a relative level, they were traumatic, so challenging. Um, and at an absolute level, they were these legendary lessons that now yes. cover the pages of this beautiful, poetic, incredibly hilarious new book Mm. you know and that shift of perspective i call that a miracle yeah definitely and that's i think that the alchemy and and the miracle of art and creativity is that we take like that rumpelstiltskin story like turning the straw into gold uh i don't know it tell me it's like a it's like a old weird fairy tale where this this character like takes straw and can turn it into gold but Mm -hmm. it's a metaphor for alchemy and that you're turning something not valuable into something that is valuable. And you're turning something that's traumatic, painful, maybe seemed like a failure. Um, and you're finding the silver lining and you're finding what's funny about it or what's beautiful about it or what's interesting about it or mm-hmm. what people can learn from it. Um, memoir specifically is a, a short period of your life and you're sharing it with other people because it's they can learn something from it you know so it's it's not really interesting if you're just like then i like went to the get a hamburger it's Mm -hmm. like well what what is there that actually makes it like relatable or important um so i share your inner dialogue in the book yeah, the inner dialogue that's happened in your mind, your relationship <sighs> to your feelings—you really like are giving us a look into your inner environment. So that's utterly and profoundly vulnerable, and such a beautiful, raw, honest, honest look at the human condition. Yeah, you know, I feel pretty, pretty vulnerable about it. I I knew it would feel vulnerable, but it's like, damn, it is really out there now. Like this really is who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something so cool about going back into these stories and changing them into something different like you take the raw experience of what happened and mm-hmm. then you're like i'm going to empower myself through the storytelling to you know just to like own the parts of it that were shitty and own the parts of it that are funny and 
have some humor about it and have some like love for myself and love for the other people. And so it was really healing to write this. And it, it began with that sense of lostness and like, what the hell just happened? I had this like few years where I was just like post Saturn return, like trying to find myself and then just being like, wait, 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 what is going on? And then to be able to reorient that and and to see myself in a deeper way through writing, like through, because you have to sit down and really reflect and no one else is telling you who or what or how to write. And like you, it's really like you and yourself. It's like very internal. And so it's it's really healing because you have to look at those inner dialogue things and and be like, wow, you know, I guess I did think that. And what do I think about that now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And is there a specific story in the book that you feel like more vulnerable than others to have shared? They're all pretty intense for me. And mm-hmm. that was sort of the like the volume that I wanted them to be at. Mm. Like it was like, that's actually like boring. I'm not going to like that story can go. (laughs) It's like not at the level, you know? Yeah. Like they all are pretty much about romance, sex, work, money, um, figuring out who you are, um, dealing with racist programming. Um, and I, I think that was pretty intense to to tell the story of a version of the story of me and my friends having a fight around racism and um and then and then just like the sex because you know you know your family's gonna read it and your parents and they're like, Wow, the sex scene. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's there's so many of the the entire book has this like I like to call this like spiritual scandal texture to it. Is that what you mm. say? That they're oh like, God, I love yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> I um, tell me about tell me about the purpose of of uh, of forgiveness in in your in your book and in, in your life. How has mm. it played out for oh you? My God, it's so intense. I felt like. I couldn't finish writing the book until I tapped into the energy of forgiveness, Mm. especially with one friend who a character is based on them. Mm -hmm. And we had this, this fight around racism and our friend group. And she was really strong and outspoken about being one of the only people of color in our friend group. And it was hard. It was like hard for us to all like wake up together and and deal with each other's avoidance or each other's anger. And I couldn't like finish the story for a long time until I was like, hey, I miss you. I'm sorry that it's like it's been a long time. Like, I'm sorry for a lot of things and I'd like to talk to you about it. And then that 
that created like this opening. And then through that opening was like, okay, now we're like able to talk as friends again. And I was able to um, finish that story. And uh, that, that was, that was a tricky one for sure. Was it, was the, the racism piece like unconscious racism on your part that was kind of like showing yeah. up? Yeah, definitely. And that was like the first time that I was like fully like awakened to it. And it was just, uh, I didn't, I wasn't proud of how I showed up in that time in my life. And I wanted to tell the story of it to just be like, really honest and not like take away this, this like shame of like, Oh man, I've really fucked. Like I, I screwed that up and like, I'm a bad, I'm like a bad person. It's like, okay, yes. And I've changed and I'm like moving on and I'm like growing and, and me and my friend have been able to like grow together and, and forgive and heal. And yeah, like mostly it's like, I want I want her forgiveness too. Like, and I felt really blessed that she was able to like open her heart, even despite some of the things that went down. And um, it's tricky, you know. It's really tricky when it's it's happening on so many layers, not just our emotions. It's like there are layers of s- systemic like world history things going on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the book takes place in like the wellness industry in Los Angeles. And I work at a juice shop and it's like tonics and skin and like, you know, just beauty. And then it was such a wake up call in my life to be like smack, like what the fuck is going on with this like serious systemic historical stuff Mm -hmm. and like can you show up for this or are you going to like just try to glaze it over and gloss it over Um, and i think that's like a really big shift that's happened in our in our world in the past few years is like there's this reckoning happening that like we can't just party and and be fabulous and be beautiful like that's important, you know, but like we need to actually help people and like actually help the world, you know. And you have forgiven yourself for having had those unconscious um, racist, um, I don't know how they showed up. Where's the, yeah, um, even I, just, even just like being kind of not like bypassy, but just like downplaying it, like being like, Oh, like I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that bad. Like you know, come on, like you're not. I don't know, just like not really like showing up and being like, yes, this is a problem. Like let's look at it, let's talk about it. That's right. Like like being like, you know, like I don't, I don't really have time to like talk about this racism stuff. Like let's party. Like I want to do something more fun. Like yeah, don't be boring. Don't bring yeah, this like, up. Yeah, like, like, don't bring this up. Like, don't, like, it's, like, kind of a downer. Like, yeah. we know that there's, like, it's an unfair world and, like, this, like, white power of the past and, like, how dominated things have been and uh, the media and, and unconscious advertising and stuff. But 
yeah, I think I definitely had to forgive myself. And and fortunately, uh, fortunately, my friend was able to also help me to do that. Like by her having forgiveness, it helped me to forgive myself. Like I think it would have it would have been harder to forgive myself on my own while still knowing that someone harbored ill will or like like I had done them wrong. Um, but I think really reflecting on it through a story helped me to just really dig in, you know, and really like look at it and be like, is that the story? Is that what I feel? Is that really how I felt? And it's like, no, dig a little bit deeper. Like, um, so. I'm so glad you did my love. And thank you for yeah. being so vulnerable and honest about all this. And, and to everybody who's listening, unconscious, unconscious racism, you know, something that I always tell people about it. And when the black lives matter, um, uh, movement started to, to take place and the, the, the marches and the protests were happening and people are asking me, why am I not telling people to go march and protest? It's not because I, I didn't, agree with it a hundred percent i'm a person of color i know what it's like to to grow up in in a world that's that says that you being of color and being queer you're you're broken bad you're a mistake that's not mm. the point the point is that you can pass laws and you can have these these systems in place that support people of color that support uh queer people but if the people operating under these systems are still mentally sick then then the system will fall apart all over again you know, mm. and what I'm, what I was constantly telling people, it's like, look at your mind, look at your mind. You may, you may not even be aware that you're being unconsciously racist, but just look at your mind. What, what comes up for you when you see a black person walking towards you? What comes up for you when you see a, a, a brown, someone that has a different skin color than you walking towards you? What comes up for you? Do you bring your bag close to your body? Do you lock your car doors? You know, mm. do you speak to, to people of color in a different way than you do with, mm. with your white people? With your white friends is there do you have a person of color in your friend group you know mm. there's so many ways that we're um unconsciously being racist and and all that stuff is these these um these are violent acts you know you mm. may be that person who's not going out there and speaking out the violence or actually using your body to to be violent but just you have to understand that we are deeply interdependent and what happens in your inner world has a, a radio wave effect into the collective. So it is going into this. It is it is reaching people in a way that you can't see with the eyes in your face and you can't hear with the ears in your face, but but their nervous systems are, are being impacted, you know? Um, so we have to look at our minds. We have to continuously look at our minds. Unconscious, unconscious racism is a huge thing. So look in your mind. What comes up for you when you are looking at a queer person fully expressed being iconic and legendary walking mm. the streets in like a like a parisian runway what comes up for yeah. you in your mind you know or what yeah. comes up for you when you see a black queer person who's serving the most iconic looks on the streets like and i mm. I'm, I'm just inviting everyone who's listening to just really look in, look in your mind and if you don't have a a, a black or a, a person of color in your friend group or if you don't have a, a queer friend in your friend group like you are being part of the problem I'm sorry there's no other way to put it you have to engage with what you find um, with you have to engage with the parts of your the with the parts of the world that you haven't and it's an engaging with these parts of life they're so different than you that you might actually find the missing piece to your healing 
you know? Mm. Um, so thank you for opening the door to, to speak about this, Luke. That's so beautiful and so vulnerable and so honest. Thank you, thank you, thank you, my love. Yeah, thanks for talking about it. And I think that's the biggest thing is just how can I keep my heart open in all situations? And even when it is conflict or um, tense, you know, and I think like I love when things are happy and, you know, like it's it's a little harder for me when it gets when the going gets tough. And I think that we're really having to step up now and bring the spiritual heart into the worldly matters where there is contentious. They're contentious and they're they're um there's disagreements and like how do we show up and, and be loving and like clear and not triggered not not feeling unsafe but like how can we bring that safety and presence into the equation absolutely my love absolutely i want to ask you about the name of the book venus juice where did that come from so <laughs> the juice shop i worked at in los angeles um that's the name I came up with as the fake name of the mm -hmm. juice shop. Mm -hmm. Um there was a lot of Venus, Venus themes. Venus is the planet of love. Mm -hmm. It is um it's the planet of like beauty, but also spiritual beauty and self-love. And I and I feel like this was really a theme of the book is like the superficial versus the inner and like mm. what you see on the outside that you want and you desire. But then when you actually get it or if you can't get it, then how does that make you feel inside? And that ultimately you have to deal with these inner inner parts of yourself. And um and like the love, like what is like the ultimate juice like you, you crave this this hydration or these fancy drinks or mm. um sex and like kisses and like liquid like liquid love and um but then when you really like juice things out uh you're left with just the essence of it so that was kind of part of like the juice, you know, like you remove the actual fiber. You're just getting like the pure essence of the thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, those are kind of the layers of the name. Mm -hmm. I love but it that. Is, when you read the book, you'll see that it is. That's where I worked in the book. It's the place I work, the juice mm -hmm. shop. I love it. And um, I want to know about this uh, on an Instagram post you wrote. Um, I was actually thinking like, oh my God, I think I played a little bit of a role in actually getting that job. But now that I think about it, I reflect yes. back, <laughs> yes. which is so incredible that uh, later on, you know, uh, a book comes out of that experience. So that's so incredible. I love, I love how life happens like this. Tell me about this. You said in an Instagram post, um, in an Instagram post about choosing the topic of your book, you wrote, I don't need proof anymore. The magic is real. Let's talk about magic and how do you experience it in your life? 
Because when I think of you, I think of like magic. I think about ritual. I think about witchcraft. I think about like deep, mysterious healing. I think being in your presence is always an invitation to like seduce the gods, to commune with the unseen world, and to like, there's all of this kind of, you know, fairy tale and, and, mythopoetic it's just you you have this energy about you you know you carry yourself in the world like that which is so brilliant and i hope i'm i'm i'm, I'm doing it justice oh my <laughs> god no i'm so i love that and um so from like 15 years of spiritual practice i feel like i have gotten to the point where i'm no longer checking my astrology to see if i mean i i love astrology and i still check astrology um i still check as astrology but like i'm not doing it out of fear that my life is not aligned like if i do something i don't need proof anymore that the universe is going to support me and that I'm going to find myself wow. in the right coincidences. Um, and that that level of doubt and fear has gone from being like very thick to being like very silky and still there in moments like last week when I saw you, mm -hmm. like, and it was such a beautiful blessing to like get to, for you to be like, oh my God, I missed my flight before, like mm -hmm. whatever. And I was How like, How many okay. flights I've missed, honey? <laughs> no, no big deal. Like, cause I was feeling really like down, like shit, you know, my, my, my heart knows that I, I don't need proof about the magic and that I have to like I can trust that this was what was meant to happen. Like I was meant to stay in Los Angeles that night and that's why I missed my flight. Um, and I knew that at the airport, but there was like this part of me that was still like, you, I can't believe that you like got the time wrong. And like, I can't believe that you did this. Um, so completely going into that trust in life and that there is, a energy that moves through us that guides us that that synchronizes things and makes us experience synchronicity and that also when there's not synchronicity that doesn't mean we're not wrong there's nothing wrong it's just like you can trust those moments too mm -hmm. um so yeah i think that uh accessing magic is really important to me to navigate the uncertainty and to trust that there is there are bigger energies out there that support us and that we can collaborate with mm. and like i definitely still do that through kind of witchcrafty things that i sort of make up um i feel like i've always had a a thirst for that type of connection with life. Like I, I really want to be like deeply in it. Like I want to feel it mm -hmm. and I want to be like, I want to like extreme sport move with it downhill 
jump off of it, do a backflip into mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Like yeah. I love that, like the energies and the mystery and the uncertainty and the risks and um, all of those things to me are, are potent. And I would say I've chosen the fork in the road that's not the um, predictable or the like tried and true and that I've had to really come to trust myself and trust just that things happen as they're supposed to. Can you talk about synchronicity? Yeah. Tell me about it. Um, Not from like, hey, what is synchronicity? What is synchronicity? But just like, you know, what I've noticed is there's many levels of synchronicity. You know, there's the, you wake up in the middle of the night because you're having a nightmare and you wake up <gasps> shook and then you, you, you are like, what time is it? And you click on your phone, it's 3.33 in the morning and you're like, oh, fuck. Okay, cool. Uh, you know, or the time when you are like talking to your mom about uh, why I use this blue color on my nail polish because this blue color is the color of this, of Medicine Buddha and 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 then I'm explaining that to her, and then I say, "Hey, mom, let me show you this new um, this new Oracle deck that I got." And I let me pull you a card, and I shuffle the card, and the first, and it's an artist Oracle deck, and the first card that I pull is is um, the the Ivis. What's his name? I forgot the the Klein. Eve's Klein. Eve's Klein which I is remember the, we talked about this. We talked about that, yeah. yeah. And then the it's that it's he's the guy who created this blue that I'm wearing my nail polish, and mm. then. And then later that afternoon, I arrive in a hotel in Zion, right, in a completely different state. And then at on top of the bed, there's an, a splash of blue color on a, mm-hmm. on a on a on a canvas, and it's the same blue. And it's just that whole. There's like there are times, there are seasons in life that are just so the 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 synchronicities are so jarring and so jolting and so relevant. revelatory Mm -hmm. and there's just no way for you to be oblivious to the fact that magic is fucking real yes you know like you can't be oblivious to what's obvious right there in Mm. front of you there's no way to ignore the communion with the unseen world how supported we are and and as you're saying all the stuff that you're just talking about how you want to go full force into life and full power i'm literally over here smiling so big being like ah that's why i love you luke because i'm in the same boat i i want to just live it fully i want to know that i've lived a very full life that yeah. I've tried everything, that I've done my best, that I went full force, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and to just shift back to the synchronicity thing, uh, uh, peace, it's so interesting that, I mean, you brought that up and, and, and you speak about it. So I would love to just hear a little bit more if there's any sort of antidote or any, anything that we could educate the audience on. Mm, beautiful. It's an affirmation that we're on the right track. It's a, it's to me, it's a cosmic giggle. It's like, oh my God, of course it's the blue. <laughs> like, oh my God, of course this is like, I'm stuck in LA. And like, of course this is like who I'm going to fucking dinner with. Uh-huh. Like, of course this is like what, how it's un- unfolding. And, and sometimes it's not so strong and that's fine. And that's just like, you know, whatever. I don't I don't know there's 
there's on days, there's off days and that's fine, you know, and you just, some days are normal and some days are super magical. And, um, I think that we always get slowly guided and that in the moments we, we get those messages and we get that support if we're open to it, if we're looking for it and we're, we're aware of, um, the possibility of Uh this type of synchronistic communication, these synchronistic occurrences. Um, I think it can also be your spirit trying to get your attention. So if you're having dreams and you're like really dreaming and, and you're getting these messages in your dreams, or if, if you're, your spirit can't get you through the dreams. It's going to try to get you through the physical world, I think. Um, and so, yeah, just to notice these. Um, for me, it's like it often confirms things that I knew or that I was hoping for. It's like, oh, my God, like I was looking for to learn gardening and now I've met this person who's like a great gardener and now I work for her, you know, and just like following that thread and not doubting it, like not doubting the the ease when things come through in that way, like not being like, oh, this is too good to be true. Mm. But but being like, okay, like this is here. This is how much I wanted to pay. This is like where the Airbnb is. Like this is the one. Like this is this is like the sync, you know, this is synchronicity. Like this is the one that I'm like supposed to go to. Um and yeah, sometimes I think there are still like funny blips that happen where you're like, I thought this was synchronicity and like, look what happened. You know, like this Airbnb sucked. Um, <laughs> but even in that, I feel like we get these really interesting learnings and we get these certain things come up where we're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I was meant to like slow down and have this experience at this Airbnb. Like it slowed me down. And like, maybe I needed that. Um, so yeah, I just believe in this totally flowing way of life where you are going from stepping stone to stepping stone of synchronicities and um, guidance and intuition and and desire and, and inspiration. Like you're like, okay, now I want to do this, you know? How does someone listen to their intuition? I mean, I know a lot of the audience is already like, bitch, I listen to my intuition. I follow her all day, every day. What are you talking about? But I'm always curious to sort of mm. hear from from like a queer mystic, a queer modern mystic about intuition. And and sometimes I, I tell people, um, you know, if your intuition is is guiding you on on if if your intuition if the inspiration that comes through uh you say oh it's too inspired i'm not going to listen to it because it's too inspired it's too it's too groundbreaking it's too trendsettery so i i'm I, i'm not going to follow it and so they believe their the, the commentary that arises they believe the sort of uh fearful narrative that shows up right after that the intuitive hit that they get um that's one one way of looking at it. And then another thing that I always say, it's like, 
if how can you know what intuition is if you've never sat down to concentrate your mind? How can you know what intuition is if you've never taken care of your gut? People are like, oh, I'm listening to my gut and they're pointing. I'm listening to my intuition. They're pointing it to their gut. And I'm like, girl, if your gut's inflamed, honey, you're not listening to your gut. You're listening to the overgrowth of this bacteria in your gut, sweetie. So, you know, there's just like many layers to to understanding these like direct downloads. In our, in our literature, in the Buddhist um, um, psychological understanding, it's, there is, it's about finding stillness, connecting to the silence within, and the silence speaks to us, and then understanding that we have this Buddha nature, um, this, this part of us that's, that is the seed of enlightenment, and that seed of enlightenment um, speaks to us. And as we, div- as we take care of that seed, right, as we water it, as we bring the correct amount of sunlight to it, it grows. And then our communication to that, to that seed, to that flower, to that sprout, to that some point, that tree of enlightenment becomes very, very uh, secure and very, very um, um, accessible. And so that's my my relationship to 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 intuition and 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 a lot of my work I never use that that language you know because I just say it's our inner Buddha uh, the knower the Buddha within is speaking to us or the silence speaks to you but oftentimes people are just like oh it's too inspired it's too it's too much of a trailblazer mindset it's too visionary I'm not going to listen to it uh, so I want to just get your perspective on it and then I want to talk to you about your how you had a message come through for you from a Buddha statue. Mm. That you posted out on Instagram. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Like, okay. So, first of all, you. I had to deal with my ego voice and the naysayer voice in order to uncover the deeper wisdom. So I had to really get to know her and be like, "Bitch, you know, like that fucking like doubtful." Like, it's too much. Like, it's not good enough. Like, all those dialogues. As, as I got to know those, and I was like, that's, that's my repeating thought loop. And I can't, I, I can't dim my ideas and my intuition and my excitement and my desires um, with those voices. So then underneath that, the intuition for me is about um i often use a pendulum that turns around in a circle and it will help show you your vibration if it's a yes or no vibration so you you can play with a pendulum and that's a great way to to learn your intuition because you start to know like oh it's it's a no no i can't do that tomorrow i don't have the energy to do that and you're like Oh, but like, I should really go. I should really support her. And it's, you know, it's her last day at the, and then you read the pendulum and the pendulum's like, no. And so your intuition told you, like, you know, rest on a basic layer, you you know what you should do. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like, for me, it's about testing it. And it's about like the laboratory, the, the spirit lab, spiritual laboratory of your own inner world. Like, um my intuition said no don't go my pendulum said no don't go but i went <laughs> and what happened uh, and just like and just like make some mistakes and like and like makes take some risks and like play with it and be like okay like i went i was tired i was like 
annoying, you know, like I didn't have a good time because I was just too tired and I couldn't even like support her because I was too tired. And um, so, yeah, that would kind of be my, some of how I work with intuition in my own life. And now I'm, I have this really strong voice that's like, bring the granola. And I'm like, I'm not bringing the goddamn granola. There's going to be tons of food there. Now I like bring the granola. Like if like one little voice is like, you're going to want your, you're going to want your sunglasses. And I'm like, it's night. I'm not going to need my sunglasses. I'm like, oh, I needed my sunglasses because it's, it's the morning and I just woke up and it's, I'm like here on the beach and I have no idea why I'm here, but I need those sunglasses. Oh now I see God. why my intuition was telling me to pack the sunglasses. Oh my God. Okay, cool. I love this. Thank you. And I haven't, I've never worked with a pendulum before, but I, I think I'll, I'll give it a try. It's super interesting. And, and so I always just ask it, can you show me yes? Can you show me no? And see if it goes clockwise or counterclockwise. Um, it's very mysterious, but what I understand is that it's reading the vibration of your, of your body. Mm-hmm. So your body is telling you yes. Your body is telling you no. We can hear that, but the pendulum helps to demonstrate it in a physical way that's easier to see. But then the pendulum trains you to be like, I feel the yes. I mm-hmm. feel the no. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay, so... Uh, tell me about the Buddha statue. Trans- you posted on Instagram recently saying a Buddha statue transmitted you, transmitted you a message to go live while yeah. you can live. Taste the world before you become a statue. Can you please tell me about this? Us all about it. This is so yeah, good. <laughs> so I feel like my intuition is very humorous. And a lot of my sort of downloads come in these like flashes of like ridiculousness, which is why I love you saw. And I feel like <laughs> we really vibe on this layer. That's right. Um, but I just saw this Buddha statue and I was thinking about how like, I was like living, I was at, you know, gardening at the Minla center and I was just like having such a good time. And I was like, I'm actually like really happy. Wait, wait a second. You were gardener at Minla too? Yeah. Hey, That's I, what I'm doing right now. I know you did this. Ah! I Can can't believe, believe it? it. Oh my god! I thought I told you that. I didn't realize that there is this the Earth School. It's there. It's it's with Lisa Toronto, the woman who is the gardener there. And then I work at her garden at Minla a few days a week. Oh my god! No, I didn't put the two and two together. I'm sorry, but I yeah. guys for everyone, I lived at Minla for like. Three or four months in the summer of 2014. I had gone to India the first time in the spring of 2014. Got back from India, lost, disoriented, completely like, holy fuck, what just happened? And I went to live uh, at this uh, at this uh, Buddhist retreat center upstate New York. And so much happened in, during that time that I decided to then go off back to to uh to india and then i ended up going to nepal to do a 30-day silent retreat uh, and and then the rest you guys know um and i don't i don't want to bore you with my story over and over again if you hear it so much but i just wanted to to tell you guys that this is wild that you're there oh my god i miss menla it's such a power spot okay so the buddha statue was at menla those yeah. statues talk to everybody they're literally yeah. delivering you messages all day every day they're like shouting at you yeah and he and it was just like 
we we were climbing on these uh, over this river, climbing over these like landscaping where these two rivers part. Like there are two rivers that go down. And there's a Buddha statue in between it, and we were like weeding and planting new plants, like make it look good. And the Buddha statue is just like, yo, like just like live while you can. Like don't don't worry about being in perfect silence and stillness right now like just let let the awake let the awakeness happen in the movement was was kind mm. of the message Ooh, um, let the awake say that again that was so delicious like like that you can let be, the awakeness let, let the awakeness happen while you're in motion wow that's beautiful thank you like High level. you can be in that space of like stillness and and like equanimity and clarity, even if you're like moving. Yeah, like bring your eyes closed practice to the open-eyed experience of the world. Like have access to your center into your into your inner Buddha as you're mm-hmm. doing anything, you know? And today just it's so so great that we're talking about this because I haven't gardened done any sort of gardening in so long and I just moved into a new house and we have all these plants now. I've, I've had these plants in the old home, but they were indoor plants and I didn't have access to them. I had my assistant um, uh, and the person who comes to clean my house kind of take care of the plants and, and water them and, and trim them. And today, this morning, I just put my phone down and I just was watering the plants and just like in mm. deep connection to the plants and then just trimming them. And it was like, I was like, fuck, I forgot how incredibly powerful and healing this practice is. Ah, beautiful. Yeah. Okay. I love that you have those, uh, uh, that you getting to connect. It's just been such medicine for me. Like it's been such a turn of events since COVID that I'm like, I have to get into nature. I have to like learn how to garden and just like living out in the country now, like living a totally different life. Tell me about Earth School. So it is, you should come. You can learn about plants. You uh-huh. can learn about ecology. And it it came from me meeting this woman who's an amazing gardener, and she knows so much about climate change and uh-huh. climate solutions through doing things with nature, like doing gardening that will help sequester carbon through the soil and through grasses and through plants and how and composting like all these things that if everyone gardened in this way if agriculture happened in a more sustainable way um we would have such a different world and so learning about that but learning through doing and she's really fun and so it happens at maha rose north which is where i live now which Mm -hmm. is near woodstock new york Mm-hmm. And it's once a weekend, or I'm sorry, it's once a month for one weekend. And so we we garden, we do projects, we eat brunch, we hang out. I teach yoga and, and meditation. And then Lisa uh, Taranto does these awesome lectures about just understanding nature and ecosystems and understanding climate change and climate solutions. Wow, that's so incredible. I'm definitely coming and you 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 bought Maharos North the house where I've had maybe like four retreats at 
So oh like God, in amazing. that in your living room, we've had like bads yes. and people living and Dharma talks and all the things. I love this, Luke. That's so incredible. Yeah, um, and and when you said miracles, that was something that came to me. I was like, man, I was trying to move upstate, and then it was like this. You could, you know, I Lisa Levine was like, I have to sell the Maharos North House, and I was like, I think I'll buy it. I mean, we're good friends, so it made sense that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we were having that conversation, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely felt like a miracle. Mm-hmm. I love that. Come visit. I will, of course. Um, I a hundred percent will. I have so many things I want to ask you, but we're running out of time. I have to go teach. I'm uh, teaching breath work tonight. Okay, listen. In the you, dome. Oh my god, amazing! Yeah. Oh my god, Come do visit. some IG stories for us to see. Listen, before you go, I just have two more questions. What makes you feel magnetic? doing breath work mm. breath work it really puts me into that space of like activated chakra energy flowing not in my head not stuck in my stuff um and like i'm appreciative and like awake to what's around me epic and last question mm. Uh, what does it mean to be spiritually sassy? I'm involving the community to help me describe what it means to be. Of course, we 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 do our research for every guest that comes on. We're like, bitch, this motherfucker is spiritually sassy, but we love hearing from you. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> I think that it it involves having fun with it and doing it your way, and not needing it to look any one way, but letting your own inspiration and personality and flavor come through mm-hmm. in your spiritual practice and how you connect with God, goddess, spirit, taking care of yourself, self-care, like um, all the things of spiritual practice, letting mm-hmm. it be really personal and, and inspired by who you are, what you are. Are you are you teaching in fifteen minutes? Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Uh, all right. Go live that fantasy. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Love you so you. much. Thank Love you, you too. Of course. Where can we find you? Where can we find all the things? So I have Luke Simon Mystic Instagram and website Luke Simon Mystic. Hmm? Um, my book Venus Juice. It's by me, Luke Simon. You can order it on Amazon or bookshop.org. Hopefully getting into some local bookstores soon, so stay tuned. And yeah, that's it for now. Come visit me upstate. I will. Guys. They can find me upstate. Yes, everyone. Let's go find Luke upstate. Okay, I love you, my darling. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. And thank you for writing such a incredible book and for being such a, a powerful mystic, someone that I... Um, inspired inspired by and we always have such a, a funny humorous times together so thank god for you thank you thank you thank oh my you god. Thank god for you blessings blessings bye my love